I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Tune in for the drop. I am Dr. Kira Taylor. And when I'm tired of listening to fake news, I will listen to some real news and I will check into the Necessary Blackness podcast with my friend Raheem Shabazz. Raheem Shabazz is one of my guys from way back and you're now listening to his show, Necessary Blackness podcast. Stay tuned. This is a cool of Cultivated Roots Media and I choose to tune into Necessary Blackness because staying connected to my blackness is very necessary. Peace and power, Black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast, and this is episode 45, and this is our first episode of the new year, and we're going to do something a little different today, family. What we're going to do today, family, yesterday, I decided to go live. A lot of people say that I need to go live, and... The end results was within two hours, we had over 5,000 views. So yesterday, the brother, Professor Ed Gons, he was there. He was joining us uh, via our live stream, as well as Dennis Byron, a couple of other brothers. And um, for whatever reason, his phone would not allow him to join in on the conversation. It happens every time we try to link, you know. Yeah, yeah. Power that beat don't want us getting together, so I had to come to the crib. Yeah, so what he did was, man, he stopped, came to the crib, and, you know, we've been chopping it up. And then we was like, yo, you know what? Won't we just do this live thing right now? Make it happen. Make it official. So we here right now, man, and um, we're going to chop it and, and kick it up. And um, for those that are just joining us, I have Professor Ed Gons. He's in the building with us. And for those that don't already know, uh, Professor Ed Gons is in Elementary Genocide School to Prison Pipeline. He's also in Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, and the last and the final installment of Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. Um, He's here with us. What's going on, man? Not much, man. I'm just saying what's up to the people. Saying what's up to the people. So let everyone know what's your um, occupation right now well i mean i know i look 12 man but i've been in the game for uh over 20 years man i have worked in education i work as a college professor i am known for my organization from afros to shell toes and my sweet tea ethics event and sweet tea ethics is nothing but taking this white form of education mixing it with some grandma stories and giving people some adaptive strategies on how to live in red kool-aid terms how to get your freedom on so that's me man all right. Um, what particular uh, studies 
are you currently teaching in on the university level? Well, I teach I teach intro to psych. Um, my research interest lies in black male development, more specifically in uh, cultural productions for black folks, also resiliency and self-efficacy, how we can be our best selves. So my research is centered around black psychology, man. Black psychology. And I was mentored, as you know, by uh, Dr. White, who is considered the godfather of black psychology, who recently passed. So I always, you know, shout him out. I think I've shouted him out in every elementary genocide. But Dr. Joe White uh, was my mentor for half of my life, man. So, you know, I'm kind of like keeping his voice alive, keeping his tradition alive. And, you know, also mentoring other black students in education because uh, working in predominantly white spaces is very interesting. I've also taught at Spelman and I've taught at Clark. Thanks for coming to talk to my students when I was teaching at Clark. Absolutely. So that's a little bit about me, man. I'm just a regular, everyday cat, man, just trying to use my powers for good, brother. Now, one thing that you did say, you said that you teach in all white spaces, right? Ooh, yes. And you teach African-Americans. Yeah, I mean, I, I teach at PWIs. I teach all students, man. I have black students, white students, Asian students, students that are confused about their racial identity, students that don't subscribe to a particular racial identity. So I, I teach everyone, man. Okay. So in a all-white space at a predominantly uh, white institution, what is the mindset of those that of african-american descent in regards to the students because i would go ahead and believe that most of them don't identify with themselves as being african because they're going to a predominantly white school not all of them but predominantly most of them is that the case well i think with the millennial generation you know we're experiencing a tone shift because um you know we were kind of segregated growing up so a lot of my students have grown up in more and more multicultural spaces where race not might not be the most salient thing on their mind. So I'm teaching a lot of students that are just coming sometimes into racial consciousness the first time they might have been discriminated against, the first time they may have been called the N-word. And you know, with this political climate, it's really affecting schools because people are very bold in classrooms now. So one of the things I do as a professor, I first got to create a safe space for us to even learn because it's different ideologies that are mixing. And so, you know, a lot of these students are are, are young, man. They're 18, 19 years old. <laughs> okay, you mentioned about creating a safe space in order for these students to learn. Um, recently, we just found out that the education secretary, Betsy DeVos, yeah, is gonna gut the um I don't know if it's a bill, but it's a um it's a guidance document <laughs> that that Obama had put in place when he was uh president. And if it happens, this would remove federal pressure on school districts to turn off the school to prison pipeline. So they're saying that things are going to get worse. Because yeah. right now, more than 40 school districts have committed to significant changes in their discipline policies through an Obama-era program called Rethink School Discipline. And now you have this uh, sec- uh, education secretary that's saying that um, <laughs> we no longer need that. 
Well, I mean, I'm glad that you mentioned that because you talked about predominantly white spaces. One of the things that you you have to remember is that uh, higher education is 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 like a playground for absurdity. We have an education secretary that doesn't not does have any experience in education. I don't even know if, if she graduated from a university, and I don't want to say that graduated from the university makes you smarter but i think if you're running the nation's education system you got to have some experience with that but it's gonna get worse um i have credentials for days but as a black professor that means absolutely nothing uh think of the absurdity of teaching in america where someone white can have less credentials and teach classes that you have not only practical experience in uh but you live it you know what i'm saying you you live it you know you have the the tools the educational tools all of the white stamps will approve it doesn't matter brother you know what i'm saying so it is going to get worse and you know i think it's important for black folks to teach because we have to mediate situations like i see this all the time even on a college level where you have a black student that may be expressive they may express an ideology that is a non-mainstream and the first thing they want to do is kick this student out of class label them a problem because they're not agreeing with white normative standards what i the approach that i take is that black truths are universal truths our history is the history of america so when a black student is expressing themselves whether i agree with their particular statements or not i try to empower that you know my goal as an educator is not to get you to think like me my goal as an educator is to get you to think like you and be able to back up and support whatever ideology and points that you try to make. And I think that's new for students because they sometimes have not ever been asked what their opinion is. One one of the things that a lot of my black students say, number one, they've never had a black professor, they've never had a black male professor, and they've never had someone ask their opinion. So, As a black male professor working in, I want to say, predominantly white institution, how has that been for you? You know, you speak about the pushbacks that oh, students man. go through. What are some of the pushbacks that we don't hear about well, that teachers go through? What you don't hear about, like, not only am I, I, I'm a professor, but I'm also a doctoral student. But I have been doing this work for 20-something years, and I still am on the proving grounds every day. For the things that I talk about, but also it takes a mental toll, man. Trying to liberate yourself and liberate other people, it takes a mental toll, man. It's some days I don't even want to go to class because I don't want to be the representative for my race that day. But I know that you know I'm fighting for a bigger purpose, and that's what motivates me. But behind the scenes, man, it's stressful as hell, dog. Sometimes you don't want to do a, a paper when you're dealing with white supremacy all day long. Sometimes you don't want to sit and defend your race every five minutes. So I mean, it takes a mental told but that's why you know i have a lot of sweet tea in my life miles davis cold train and you know a uh, little bit of basketball here and there <laughs> brother i just want to applaud you for what you're doing and i'm glad that you was able to let people know that there's a stress factor involved in that you know a lot yeah, of times man. we talk about what goes on in the classroom and the detrimental effect that it has on the students. But what about the teachers? Yeah, let me give you a typical week where I'm, you know, I'm not going to shout out where I'm from because, you know, I had to pull my, my website down after my police incident. So this is a week for me. I was pulled over by the police, you know, a little while ago. 
um, on my way to work, okay, pulled over by the police, held for an hour, charged with seven charges. As you know, I hired a top attorney, got some donations, got seven charges removed. That's one day. The next day, a couple days later, my food, my food was spit on like it was 1940, okay? Wow, where did this happen at? <laughs> I can tell you this. It happened in Knoxville, Tennessee. That's no, all I'm it. sorry. It happened in like the school cafeteria? Oh, no. It happened in a restaurant. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to get that restaurant no publicity, but uh, yeah, it happened at a national restaurant, right? So that's just in the span of a couple of days, man. I've had my car spit on. Uh, I've actually been um, on campus going to my car and had the police called on me. <laughs> I mean, and I still have to navigate, you know, go to class, teach, and do these things. So some days, man, I don't even feel like it, man. But it's like it's an ancestral call. Whenever I am just about to give up, there's an elder or there's a young person that gives me that energy I need to continue. Like today, the uh, reason why I came and hollered at you, I just hollered at my mentor, uh, Dr. Michael Woodard, a noted sociologist, and he gave me, you know, that fuel, that fuel what I call sweet tea ethics to continue, man, because you, you, we have to be connected to, you know, a diaspora that's bigger than us just here in America, man. We are resilient people, and sometimes we forget that. So even as an educator, 22 years in the game, I still forget that sometimes. So what does a person that's still struggling to find themselves at 18 and 19 have to do? If I'm 22 years in, I got and I and I won't take a day off. Wow, that's 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 really you know, that's really that's really something to ponder. That's really something to think about, you know. Um, and that's why we have to support individuals like Professor Ed Garn, who is out here on the front line and is battling white supremacy while at the same time trying to raise the level and the consciousness of the next generation of black thinkers and um ain't too many brothers out here that's doing it and um i just want to take my hat off to you brother now i appreciate you for always you know uplifting me man you know i was doing a podcast with my brother john good and you know he asked me why i felt that you know folks like me and other folks in the game that are doing this kind of work you know are not out there more whenever you speak the truth and whenever you speak and mention words like white supremacy, you're not going to have a mass audience, right? So I'm not worried about fame. I'm not worried about that kind of stuff. It's no money in education, so I must love it because it ain't no money in it. Um, it's really just about, man, using my talent to the liberation of black folks, man. And when you have that as a mission and you have integrity, then you are not going to be allowed to speak in certain venues and your message is only going to go so far. But I believe that, you know, my message and the work that I do with students, you know, will carry on and I will leave a legacy. Man. So it's not really about, you know, the shine. It's really about the legacy that I leave in order to give give back to what was given to me. Like I have a student, shout out to Nathan Weeks, man, just got his JD. This is the first student that I've mentored that is now a doctor. So I am working on my doctor. I got a mentor like maybe 15, almost 16 years younger than me. He has a PhD before me. That's mentoring. Like you should want to prepare the next generation to be better than you. It ain't about ego. It's really about training folks and giving them, you know, that stick to it and you can do it, man. Wow. That's what's up. For those that are just joining us, my name is Raheem Shabazz, and you are tuned in 
to Necessary Blackness Podcast. And we are live right now on Facebook Live. I need each and every one of you to give me that thumbs up. I also need you to share this, share this, and share this. We are talking about education, the detrimental effect that it has on not only the student, but the teacher, especially when that teacher is unapologetically black and he ain't in that sunken place. Y'all know about that sunken place, right? I better not find any one of you in that sunken place. Because if I do, I'm going to smack you and wake you up. So do me a favor, family. Let's keep sharing this. You know, we got we, we got a few people in here. I want more people in here. And we're going to continue. And we're going to continue. Right now, what we're going to do is we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And then we will be back. Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz. And we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. Make sure you come out Saturday, January 27th at 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. We will be at the Auburn Research Library. Then Thursday, February 15th, we'll be at Mega Everest College in Brooklyn, New York where we will be screening Elementary Genocide, the School to Prison Pipeline, Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, and Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust, and that will be followed by a lecture and a Q&A with myself. And then you can catch me February 17th, at the Central Station in North Charleston, North Carolina. So make sure you come out and see me. This is the Fitted Hat Philosopher, Raheem Shabazz. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker, Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman Recognize no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Elementary Genocide provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. Visit our website at www.elementarygenocide.com. Now available, Elementary Genocide, the school to prison pipeline. Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, and the newest release, Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. Log on today to purchase your very own three-set docuseries. Tune in for the drop. Peace. This is Prince Coach Law, and I stay tuned into Necessary Blackness Podcast with Raheem Shabazz. Peace and power. This is reporting live, and you're tuned in to Necessary Blackness with my boy Raheem Shabazz. Yeah, this is Professor Ed Garns, founder of the wonderful From Afros to Shell Toes and Sweet Tea Ethics. When I am not spreading liberation theology throughout my classrooms as an African-centered therapist, I am chilling with my homie, Raheem Shabazz, on the Necessary Blackness Podcast. It's essential. Yo, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. 
Now our feature presentation. We are back. This is Necessary Blackness Podcast, and I am your host, Raheem Shabazz, and I am here with Professor Ed Garns, and we have this lovely sister. Um, I'm going to call her Salam because I'm not going to mess up her first name. Okay. <laughs> All right? And she said, yes, this is my issue with my son's predominantly white school. There are no diversity, meaning respect, and our understanding of others religion that is islam and even after dealing with the principal who is also should be an educator they have a clear lacking in diversion tactics i am mixed race black mother with a young son labeled as a troublemaker so i need you to answer her question and maybe if you can get into some type of diversion tactics because she said that's what they clearly lack it that can help this young lady with her son. Yeah, I mean, right, now, hold, hold on real quick before um, you answer that. I'm gonna, um, yeah, go ahead. Show okay, the, the the first thing that I'm gonna say is like similar to my mom who has been a, in a, a librarian for over thirty something years. I mean, like. I'm 40, so she had to be doing close to 50 years of experience. Like, education does start in the home. So, like, always know that as a person who is trying to emphasize African-centered principles to your child, you're going to always have to supplement a predominantly white space with something that you do at home. So, my mom gave me Nikki Giovanni and uh, The Last Poets, James Baldwin, all these authors and things at home that educate educated me outside of the traditional curriculum now at the school anybody that is a truth teller especially if you're a black truth truth teller is going to catch hell in the educational system but they are you are catching hell because you are doing the right thing so when people are giving you that pushback know that you are you are on to something that's why they're fighting back but um i think that you have to hold educational centers and institutions accountable for teaching subjects in not only an african-centered way but in keeping with the learning style of children we already know that there's a lot of research that says when in, in the education of black men that we're often labeled a problem i didn't start getting in trouble until i moved to like predominantly white educational spaces like when i was in the uh, romar academy a black private school you know the talking out that i did the how i expressed myself it was it was seen as a strength you know what I'm saying? In predominantly white spaces, I'm labeled a tr- troublemaker because I know something. And so you're going to always come up against that. So I would say first, you know, know that you're going to always have to supplement, but continue to raise your voice and hold educational student, uh, educational institutions accountable. You'll be surprised how many people just go with the flow. So they are used to people going with the flow. So you have to be consistent. And if you can get some other parents that have the same issue, then by all means, you know, rally the troops. But just always know you're going to always be at odds uh, in a white supremacist society. And one thing you have to be mindful of when you do rally the troops or you do express yourself verbally, always document it with an email. And um, if if it was a conversation and someone said something and you want to hold them to that and make them accountable, you always start your email out per our conversation 
where you mentioned such, such, and such, and that you would do such, such, and such. So you always got to have those receipts, family. Make sure you keep those receipts because there may be a time where you have to challenge a administrative decision and file an Article 78. So you have to know about these type of things. Yeah. And I, I would say, to your point, very good point, conversations never happen. If they're not recorded, you know, and be mindful of what state you're in because in some states you have to notify someone that you record in some states you can record without someone knowing. But documentation and writing is essential because that's how you build a paper trail and hold folks accountable. I've been on a part of, of many letter writing campaigns and they are successful when you are consistent and you know develop timelines of actions and courses that you've taken but i want to give you a resource by dr kawanza kenjufu um i think it's the conspiracy to destroy black black men i remember that book i don't know how young i was when that book came came out like 80 it came out in the 80s where i was young my mom gave me that book blew my mind i'm still using principles from that book and then also my brother kevin powell um, a, a activist and a, and and a brother that yeah, educates shout out to the Kevin nation. Powell. Yeah, peace. That's like my big brother. Uh, he has a handbook, a black male handbook that I would get as well. That has some resources um, for the education of black men. Uh, so those two resources I want to give you as well. All right. I, I hope he answered your set uh, your question, sister. Um, let me see some more questions. We see some more questions of uh, individuals asking. Let me see. Uh, Yo, shout out to my man, Yancey. I see you in the building. We got Danita Hall. What's up, Danita? Rhonda McGray. Yo, I need every one of y'all, each and every one of y'all to share this. We got Tracy. What's going on, Tracy? We got Ola. All right. He said, right, I got that book. Very good book. All right, so I'm going to put this back here. Y'all got to work with me, man. We we, we, <laughs> we family, man. We going to make it work. We, you we, know what I'm saying? We doing this off the muscle uh, right now. long as I'm hard in the right place, I'll be forgiven, my brother. All right. <laughs> uh, why this is messing up? I'm oh, telling you, oh, man. Oh, they, don't, oh. they don't want this truth to get out. They don't want the truth to get out, right? It's going to get out anyway. Oh, yo, what's up with Troy Gordon? What's the deal, family? What up? See, I got your man, Ed Garns, in the building. Okay, yo, good. Shout out to uh, Troy. Troy was uh, featured in um, Elementary Genocide Shot 1. Yeah. The uh, School to Prison Pipeline. The brother came through, man. Yeah, Dope he, educator, real good brother. Yeah, he's another educator. And um, yeah, he doesn't let up. being in documentaries change me. Still the same cool person that used yeah. to hoop, you know. Brady Jim, shout out, what's yeah. up, brother? I, be, I, be, you know, I always <laughs> run into him, man. He be getting his hair cut right here. Oh, he stay fly, Troy yeah, fly. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Educator, but you fly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I be seeing him a couple of times. Um, he was in one chair, I was in the other. Okay, you know what I mean, and we was just uh hanging out. But yeah, yo, Troy, we need you to do a favor for us, man. We need you to share this. I need y'all to share this with y'all people, man, so we can go uh, get this thing going viral, man. We got Ed Garns here, man, and, and we just chopping it up, man, talking about what's Bring going them on, on campus. Let me know what campus, um, Brother Muhammad. Wow, I said bring, I said bring them on oh. campus. Oh, 
You see, you see, I need my glasses. I'm like, yeah. Bring them on, bring them on campus. I'm, I'm looking like campus. Where the world campus at? Yeah, hey, man. Yeah. You know, I need my glasses, brother. But so, yo, what's going on, man? We, we need y'all the um peace to the gods. What's going on, Yancey? That's my man, Yancey, man. Me and Yancey go way back, man, from the streets. Okay. I already yeah. know he's certified then. Yeah, and Yancey's certified, man. And, and Yancey came down here. Actually, uh, he came down here when we brought Boyce Watkins down here to okay. uh, Georgia State, man. Oh, okay. He went down here and seen me, man. Well, me and Yancey, you know what I mean? We, we was handcuffed together going in front of the judge. Okay, okay. That was back in, that was back in 1990. Matter of fact, we got sentenced on the same day. Damn, Yancey. Yeah. All right, so you you certified? Yeah, that's my. But man, yeah, I man. want I want to shout you out, man, because you know I, we were we, me and brother Raheem talk all the time. He doesn't know this, but I consider him like my big brother. But you know, for me to be in the game for like twenty some years, man, you have shown me a lot of love, dog. Like yeah, man. friends and family. Uh, I've been t- in education for twenty years. They 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 think I teach now because I'm in, in the elementary. Yeah, because I'm in a documentary. I, I got to know something now. You man, know. Doc- Documentary chain of lives. Yeah, ain't ain't getting no love, but you know, I get an elementary genocide. But you know, I, I just appreciate what you're doing, man. And um, you know, just know that you're on the right path, man. The right people Thank get the you, message. Man, I appreciate it. And I know on those days that you think nobody's listening, brother. I watch the things to, uh, to get my self esteem up. So, yeah, what does that say if I'm in them and then I rewatch them when I'm feeling down? So, I just want to shout you out because you know, this is a thankless job that we have you know we're blamed for stuff you know what i'm saying but when things are going well we trying to empower you know what i'm saying you're not gonna get the love and you know what that just goes to say you know and i tell people this all the time your family and your friends is not gonna support you until strangers start celebrating And, and once that happened then you start to see the shift, and then everybody want to show you love. But you know Man. me, I, I, I accept mm. the love, you know, but I, I'm not no fool, you know. I'm not, I know when it's fake love, and I know yeah. when, it's, when it's genuine love. And, and some people, you know, you got, you got to give them that capacity to change, you know, because it might have been fake love before, but now... They coming around, and, and, and it's genuine. But yo, listen, man, um... We 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 gonna keep this going, man. Um, let's talk about something different. You know? All right, let's uh, go. Let's talk about. Let me make sure this is all right. We still rocking. Okay. Let's talk about something else, man. Um, wh- what are you seeing that's going on in Black society right now? Man, I think um, you know to shout out Dr. White again. Dr. White says seeking validation from your oppressor is basically madness. All right, and so. What happens to us is that we don't support things, we don't get down with things unless they have a white stamp of approval. What do I mean? You've done three episodes, I mean three installments of Elementary Genocide, right? Absolutely. Put your own money in, funded it. You might have got some shout outs or, or some things on the load that might have helped you, but majority is, is self-finance, right? Absolutely. Let's just say miraculously someone at CNN sees the documentary and you happen to do a six minute interview on CNN. Then miraculously you are held as the next leader of the black community. You still Raheem Shabazz. You still rocking the Tucson Overture uh, fitted cap. But only thing has changed is a white stamp of approval. 
we too often uh, do not support brothers and sisters in this game unless we feel they are validated from some stamp of approval institution and sometimes it's not always a predominantly white one but some stamp of approval has to solidify oh oh i can touch him now like he's he's a celebrity <laughs> you know and then think about this think about how we post and share who we consider celebrities what they ate for breakfast what kind of car they drive you have three installments of a movie and sometimes can't get a shout out from even the conscious community and i don't even like to call people conscious you know because what's the opposite of that unconscious i think we all you know are in different stages of development so I, I would say we all have knowledge to share different degrees and depending on where we at with our life we will relate to different people so Absolutely. the people that you relate to might be different sometimes than the people that I relate to. Like, I try to use all this form of education and break it down for regular, everyday people to understand. That's what I feel my role is. And you speak to everyone as well. And I think that's why we're tight, because our experiences have not, we've not left the, lost the common touch, man. And I think that's a, a common problem that people are losing the common touch. And they're so lost and they're so out of reality that having a job that may pay you six figures is some notion of success where you can be your own boss and your own entrepreneur and have friends in all walks of life without having to work for the open enemy or the oppressor. I don't know if many of y'all seen it, but I, I shared on Facebook some time ago that 12 years ago, I fired my boss. And this year, I'm going to fire your landlord. You See, know, I'll I'm, be watching. Yeah, I'm, watching. <laughs> I'm actually going to buy some property. Cool. You know, um, I'm looking at some things right now. Um, I might buy it and live in it, but I might, and I might buy it and use it as an investment property. It, it depends. But... I know that there's certain things that I have to do to solidify who I am, what I want to do, yeah. and the path that I want to take. And, and I think that more people ha have to get on that, you know, that path of righteousness. And we have to raise our consciousness and we have to get off that corporate plantation yeah. and stop letting it be where the white man ice is colder because I could give a damn about seeing it. Yeah. You know, I know. Um, I mean, I was just doing that to make a point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I could give a damn about <laughs> seeing you know, uh, of them validating me. Now, don't get me wrong. If they call today or tomorrow, oh, yeah, I'm up there. Okay. Unapologetically. Yeah. speaking yeah but um it, it's, it's not it's not gonna change my life significantly and um it's not gonna change the condition of black people mm -hmm. because whatever i said is just words the only thing that would happen that would be sufficing if someone take those words mm -hmm. and put them into action so yeah, that, that, that's what i'm looking for man i'm looking for us family man to get into action and to do what we have to do. It's 2018. What are we going to do different that we wasn't doing in 2017? You know, some of us, we can continue to do the same thing because what we was doing is right and it's working for us. But if it wasn't working for you, we got to switch it up, family. So what we're going to do right now, I'm going to scroll down and I'm going to see. I'm not saying nothing. I need y'all to talk to me, they man. Just, they just meditating on the thoughts. Nah, you know man. Listen. Just, you know, they're just meditating and we letting need in. <laughs> We need y'all to share this. 
we need y'all to ask some questions. Because if y'all don't ask no questions, right, we're going we gonna to do about five more minutes and then we up out of here. I got Wait. places to go, people to see, and things to do. You know, the other I'm thing. Gonna, I'm going to research in 18. Oh, he's going to do some research in 2018. Oh, okay. Absolutely. And that's one thing, man. Um, I think it was Malcolm X. He said, history best reward those who do the research. And then we also got to know that if you cannot, and I put this on Facebook too. See, I, y- y'all ain't even got to listen to me on the podcast. Y'all got to go to my Facebook because everything that I put on there is juice. Oh, man. Ah, somebody trying to call me. Yeah, everything I put on there is <laughs> jewels, right? And I said, made me lose my train of thought, man. Sorry. You said just about? go to Facebook because, see, you already oh, dropping oh, it on oh, Facebook. Is, you ain't okay, got to listen this, to the podcast. This is what I said on Facebook. Gotcha. <laughs> I said that if we cannot show and prove without a reasonable doubt or without a shadow of a doubt, then what we are talking about is just theory. So we have to be able to research so we can show and prove. So that's a good thing, Yancy. I'm sorry about that interruption. Look, that's a voicemail. My landlord is hitting me up right now. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cause now I told her, I was like, y'all got the uh, money order. Um, Are you around? And she was like, nah, I'll be around earlier. But nah, she got to wait now. Yeah. I'm busy. I'll walk over there and get Fire your landlord. I'm down Yeah, I'm with trying you, to fire her. My landlord mad cool too, man, but she got to go. I got you. Tired, I'm tired of paying all this money, man. But you know, um, you asked me about 2018. So a fellow uh, therapist by the name of Jack Daniels has this video that he was he was talking about starting is celebrating in America. Like you say, I'm gonna start a business, or yeah. I'm gonna start. Like starting is so celebrated, but it's actually the consistency and the finished product, and actually consistently doing something over time that builds something is not as celebrated right so if you get celebrated for starting it's easy to become complacent man and so there is no liberation god coming out the sky to free black people we have to actively every day in our own way fight towards the better day for us all right this is what we're gonna do because i gotta get out of here man my landlord is hold on blowing my phone up man let me go Drop that change off on her. But now nah, I want to answer these two um, questions. Uh, Brother Rod, your project is imperative to the people. Thanks for the kind words, Ola. Uh, Yancey said, invest in my family and friends. Uh, all right, Yance, invest in me. I need some what money. What uh, said, what time is the January date? Uh, January 27th, we're going to be at the Auburn Research Library, and um, that's a Saturday, the 27th, and it starts promptly at 3 p.m. So please, family, don't show up at 3 o'clock because we're probably going to open up the doors at 2, but at 3 o'clock, we're going to be playing the film. And uh, Professor Ed Garns, he just informed me that he is going to be in, in the, the building. building. So y'all definitely can... um. Here the brother man, he's a dynamic speaker. He's gonna come out and join us. All right, I'm gonna answer another question. What do you think about us Africans having humility to accept we have a new inferiority and commitment to unpack it for a lifetime? 
Uh, you want to answer that one? Yeah, I mean, fighting white supremacy is a lifetime thing. And, you know, we have to, um, you know, it, it, it works a doozy. Like, I don't know if you was here earlier. I was saying about the ways that it affects me, even though I know what is happening to me. Like, it still has deep effects on me. But I think, you know, we don't spend enough time talking about the psychological impact of slavery and oppression and just also just racialized stress. You know what I'm saying? I think about Sister... Uh, what is uh eric garner's uh daughter's name man erica you know i think about you know racialized stress is really what killed her grief and racialized stress and fighting the system is what killed her and so we have to be very real that it takes a psychological toll on us and we also have to um you know display compassion right so that's why i don't get into the whole who's conscious and who's unconscious debate because we have to have compassion that we're all at varying stages of development but one of the things that we all have in common the man is on all our backs <laughs> you know what i'm saying Absolutely. when when i got pulled over by the police you think they asked hey how many degrees do you have are you a professor are you one of those good negroes you teach us white people we're going to give you a pass and give a damn about that they pulled me over because i was black <laughs> so we all have that in camp comment so i would say we need to be more compassionate about you know where people are in the stage in their life man you know I'm always a lifelong student. It's always more for me to learn. I just try to use the things that I have learned and try to get it to other people, man. All right. Um, Yancy asks, how do I feel about Zimbabwe? I feel that it is a tragedy of what is happening over there in the motherland in terms of... Whew, that was yeah, a sight man. to watch. I couldn't watch it, though. Those, I could only watch a couple minutes of that. Those man. brothers, man, jumping with glee and joy that they was finally giving the white settler back his farmland. <sighs> and um, I, I, I just don't see the rationale for it. I, you know, I read uh, a couple of articles were saying that the, and this article was biased, as you know. And that's why it's important, family, that we write our own history. Yeah. But it was saying something to the effect of the reason why they was happy because uh, the blacks over there didn't have the capacity to cultivate the land, to make money off of it, and to provide jobs. At least with the white farmer returning, things can get back to normal and, and they can work the land for him. Once again, the black man tolling and working the land for the white colonizer who gets rich. And here it is. You, you fed pe mm -hmm. pennies. Um, and a lot of people knew that that was going to happen. That, that, that was called into play before um, the individual got, um, yeah. I guess, put in the office that it was going to be a radical change. And it's just un un unfortunate. And um, I, I think it's a lesson to be learned that when those who don't have our best interests at heart are put in place of power, it's no different. It's just black faces in high places and he ain't nothing but a handkerchief head Negro that's a low frequency slave that's doing the work of the open enemy. So, Yancey, I hope I answered your Dang, question. I don't even have to answer that, Yancey. Um, I think I him. have much respect for Raheem. Peace and love, sister. Thank you for the kind words. 
uh, coming to the U.S. That's my man Ola. He in the U.K. He always come over here every time. He oh, come peace, over. brother. Yeah, me and him we be hanging out. We be kicking it. Um, yeah, when you come over, man, make sure you holler at me, man. Um, the brother uh, Timon, he's in the building. What's going on, African? Uh, all right, man. I just went down the line. I answered as many I questions did. as I, I did could. I want to say something, man. All right, we're gonna give Ed Gons, Professor Ed Gons, the last <laughs> word, and then I'm out of here, man. I got to go pay some bills. You know how they be on the radio? They be like, yeah, Yo, I we know, go man. Pay some bills. I really gotta go pay some I bills. I know, so you can have this land. Yeah. Internalized oppression, man. Like, you know, uh, when you have been oppressed for hundreds of years, right, and you're given a taste of freedom, internalized oppression will make you so uncomfortable with that freedom that you then end up mimicking the system that you were trying to fight. That's why a lot of times when you see black folks get a position of power, like your your homeboy, y'all in the mailroom, he get in the upper management, he start acting like the white boys, internalized yeah. oppression, because we believe that that ah. is the only... Hello, gag, gag. We I'm believe that... Me, pardon me, fellas. Phone blowing, phone blowing up. up. Every time me and this man get together, I'm telling you, it's interruptions. The universe don't know how much power is here, but yeah, internalized oppression, man. Have you mimicking the man? All right, man. That's it for us, man. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put this up in its entirety. This probably will go on my Sunday broadcast. For those that don't know, Necessary Blackness podcast, we air each and every Wednesday, but. For 2018, we're gonna do everything in our power to be coming to be able to come on air every Wednesday and Sunday at 6 p.m. So make sure if you if you just getting on this broadcast, make sure that you go back and check out the archives. We got 45 different episodes 45. that you can listen to. It seemed like yeah. you just started. Nah, brother, we've been doing this okay. for a minute. All right. All right. You know, um, we're going to have a big celebration when we hit that 100 mark. But make sure you go and make sure you sign up and subscribe to us. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. We're on Spreaker. You know, you can just <laughs> Google uh, Necessary Blackness Podcast. And, and my name is Raheem Shabazz, and I want to say peace and love, family. I'm out of here. Peace. Persons interested in broadcasting a commercial can reach us via email at necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail.com. Necessary Blackness is distributed on all major podcast platforms iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and Google Play. We'll also promote your business and product across our various social media networks, reaching over 100,000 people daily.